On this Barn Lazine podcast, I have Pavel Stepanov, the CEO of VirtuDesk. His story is fascinating how he built this company to over a thousand VAs. We talk about if you've never hired a VA, what you need to know right now and how you can do it to elevate your business. Enjoy the pod. Pavel, pretty cool opportunity to get to chat with you. You've built an amazing company, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. One that's definitely helped me in my business. But uh, let's start from your story because you're an interesting guy. I mean, you, I mean, the company's huge, and I want to, I want to hear your sure, whole story, sure. how you did it all. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me um, again. Uh, there's, there's no secret, basically, as you know. Usually, I like like to say. Uh, having good team and good people working with you is basically this whole secret, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but tell building, me the story of you personally. Before you, and, you know. before you started building yeah, yeah, yeah. a business, what, you know, yeah, yeah. you immigrated, immigrated over and you know, let's start. Well, I immigrated to the United States in 1997 okay. from Siberia. Let's start there. Yeah, from Siberia. So um, came to California and, um, you know, went to school and tried to get myself established somehow and established like as far as like immigrant when an immigrant comes in pretty much with nothing that's you know what you what you can actually do to to grow or to become an American uh-huh. because again back in the back in the days when I was a kid growing up in Siberia and Russia I was actually thinking okay I want to go to America because America is a land of opportunities and back in the early 90s in Russia life was pretty tough so America was that unicorn dream you, where you want to go because if you want to, you know, achieve anything, if you want to succeed. And back then, that's what we believed. If you work hard enough, you're going to get your unicorn. So mm-hmm. that was the whole idea coming to the United States back then, you know. That yeah. story of the American dream, was it, did like everybody share that belief where you grew up? Or did some people, some people have that belief that you did where I want to go to America and, and, you know, fulfill that dream, and then other people were just like, no, not for me. Like A lot of people just not for me, obviously. Yeah. A lot of people are scared, again. And I think, like, when you look at the immigrants who actually make, make it to the United States, you see a lot of immigrants succeed and mm-hmm. become successful entrepreneurs, or business people all over, probably because of the one of the reasons, because, again, the type of mindset actually takes to come to the United States on on your own and to you know, assimilate, uh, become an American. That's, that takes certain, not only skills, but certain mindset, I think. Were you, you know, underwhelmed with the American dream when you got here or was it everything that you had thought it oh, would be? Of course not, man. You know, those, I mean, I didn't, I mean, that was the re- really tough, of course, you know, and um, there were some disappointments, of course, and it was really tough to, assimilate at first, try to, you know, try to make friends with people, which actually I'm thankful because, again, people in the U.S. generally are very friendly Mm. and uh, very welcoming. You know, doesn't matter where you go. That was actually a big boost to, you know, to actually do something, you know. I didn't want to go back because going back was not an option. So either you, you... You do it, you do it. Yeah, you do it, you do it. You either just, you know, do it and get it done. And so then when yeah. did you when did you start getting into real estate? Like what was the first and and why real estate was I got I got into real estate by accident. Yeah. You know. And um here's my story, man. I went to law school. I graduated law school. Wow. Yeah. And uh That's hard too. Yeah, I want to become a lawyer. 
So I figured I want to become a lawyer. And uh, <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> so I graduated law school. I sat for the bar, was waiting for the bar results. And um, I started working for a, a real estate attorney who was doing back then the loan modifications for uh, distressed properties. Okay, so this is like maybe 08 or something? Well, I don't know what 08, but basically like... But that time frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 08, 08, 09. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So we, st- we started, I was working on those files and... Um, Whenever like loan mod didn't go through, the servicer was offering us to do a short sale, and we used to have a, an agent around who we referred all those short sales to. Yeah, cleaning up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one day that agent went went on vacation, and uh, we had an offer to do a short sale. So I figured, well, since agent is on vacation, I might as well, uh, you know, go take my real estate license, since I didn't have to study, since I already have a law d- degree. And uh, I got my real estate license. And, oh, you didn't uh, have to do the classes. Exactly. You could just go take tests. That's yes, right. Yes, exactly. Eight yeah. years, you can just yes, go take the test. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, so I went and took a test and, um, you know, figured like, okay, where am I going to hang my license? So I hung a license with some 100% office, you know, 100% commission office. Didn't see the broker, didn't see the office, nothing. Just, you know, they signed me up and I bring them like three, four listings, you know, a short sale. So I did... I yeah. was basically working real estate thing out of the law office. You, you were know? the REO guy. Yeah, I was doing that thing, you know, the, the short sales. And uh, we had the negotiations, just negotiation already lined up. So, and the funny thing, I call back that servicer. I say, listen, we got an agent who's going to list it. He's like, great. I said, who's this? I said, me. He's like, okay, good. I said, what do I do now? <laughs> you didn't know. No. He's like, bring me an offer. We got it. So yeah. that's it. How many years did you actually do sales as an agent? Uh, well, that basically when I started and, uh, I did that for about like three, four years and then I opened my own brokerage, you know, but, uh, back then, since I was handling a lot of the short sales and distressed properties, I had no idea about like retail sales. Like mm-hmm. we actually go to the listing appointment, listing presentation, and people can actually t- tell you no. Yeah. I was like, really? People say no? I mean, what what am I doing here? You know, why am I even here? You know? Why am I at your house? Why, why am I at your house? You got to sign this thing. Uh, I, don't wait, have, I don't have a old, old day. a bottle of wine? What am I doing? Yeah, here? I don't have a whole day to waste, you know? Yeah. So, so but, 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 but I think that kind of an attitude probably helped a long way because, again, uh, you don't have that fear and you just go there and, you know, and do it. And then when the, the short sales kind of like dried up, oh, but by the way, when I... When I was doing that, uh, I got the bar results. I passed. I was like, "No, nah, I'm, I'm not going to practice, practice law. I have a student loan to pay back, so I'm, I'm going to stick to that gig for a while." <laughs> I'm going to make some money. Exactly. I need to pay back this student loan debt, and uh, you know, I have family to feed. So I figure I'll do that thing, you know, you know, and then we'll see, see what happens. And uh, <clears throat> when the short sales kind of like dried up, um, yeah. I decided to do retail, you know. Like basically taking listings, showing homes to people, mm-hmm. uh, actually doing some real estate work, you know, yeah, for a change. And uh, that's when I got my first virtual assistant. Who she was prospecting for me to get me into the doors uh, for, uh, for Fizbo's and expireds. Mm-hmm. Because again, I signed up for Tom Ferry Coaching, and my coach told me, okay, how you were ru- running your business. So I told him, he's like, well, you're gonna do this. I said, okay. Yeah. It's like, what do I do? He's like, follow the script, you know, and go sign him up. All right, cool. So I didn't want to make phone calls. I got the girl in the Philippines. She was doing phone calls f- for me and um, got me in the doors. That was like my first experience with a virtual assistant. She got me in the doors and... Uh, it worked. It worked. Yeah, I was basically there with people with the same attitude. Okay, I'm here to, you know, to sign a contract with you. 
Yeah. Did yeah. you do you still have that brokerage or did you, did you sell it? No, I actually tr- I I dissolved the brokerage because okay. all the agents we went they went to EXP. Okay. Yeah. So I'm basically part of EXP right now. I got you. Yeah. Without even practice, I mean, I don't, you're I don't not practicing, but, no, I don't, but I you don't. wanted to take care of them, and, yeah, and exactly. So, so that was so my act, license is still active, but I'm, I don't, I don't yeah. do any, I don't do any real estate work. Yeah. And so now it's so. When did you go all in on Virtue Desk and building out the company? Well, uh, the Virtu, Virtue Desk we opened it in December of 2016, so almost like what a little bit over five years ago. Yeah, over six, five years, six, six years ago. Yeah. And um, I was still doing real estate, the brokerage, you know. So virtually that started like as a side hustle kind of a thing because, again, I had the brokerage with agents and agents wanted to also get virtual assistance. Mm-hmm. So we're helping them get virtual assistance. Um, so once, once you know, and, and I figured out, okay, listen, if we're helping agents in my brokerage get virtual assistance, we can do the same business model and help people all over the country do the same thing. How, how did you start to – I mean, I, I'm really impressed. I've, I've – worked with virtual assistants a lot throughout my career and I'm really impressed with the virtue desk VAs that were, were fortunate enough to be able to, to hire. Mm-hmm. Where did, how did you go and create the relationships in the Philippines mm-hmm. to be able to find so many talented people? Well, I used to go to a lot, like li- literally like it was going there like what's that three, look like? Three, what's three, three four times a year. Or? Well, networking, actually meeting people and again, doing business in the Philippines a little bit, tricky because you gotta you gotta have a corporation there you gotta you gotta know people you're and, incorporated uh, there yeah absolutely you have to be yeah yeah if you run that kind of a company where employees will get like health benefits retirement benefits you got to be a corporation there yeah you know so um yeah we will start it out again when we when i went to the philippines and uh, met people talked to people interviewed them and you know started creating the team and then after that, it wasn't that hard because, again, uh, once you build that core of people who work f- for you, it becomes easier because that core, it's like bones. And anybody else comes out, it basically meat that grows on those bones. Mm-hmm. So you got to have first picking up, picking up people who are going to be your core people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then you've got the core, you've got the team, mm-hmm. you can build it from there. And I can build it from there. And you know exactly. W- the, you know, your team knows what they're looking for because you keep acquiring great talent. And it, I think if you've never used a, a virtual assistant before you, and you're listening to this, definitely leave a comment if you've never used a VA. But you might be surprised how highly educated these folks are, right? I mean, so mm-hmm. many of them have a college degree. So, yeah. so many of them have a real passion and a purpose for the work that they're doing every single day. And I, you know, it's, it's people think of like VA as this, like, you know, it's, it's like this thing up in, in the space. No, this, this is somebody who's grinding it out, you know, 40 hours or more a week yeah. for you in the business. They're part of the team. And it's, and for them, that's a career actually, Absolutely. you know, that's a career and they treat it as a career. Uh, they work from home and that's a really big benefit for the people in the Philippines because again, commuting is the major hustle yeah. there. Traffic is horrible, especially in Metro Manila. That's just bad. And when they offered an opportunity to work from home, this is for them is like really amazing uh, thing. We think gas prices are high, but I think it's like double. It's just not even about the the gas prices there, but it's just uh, hard to do. It's just hard to do it, and the commute sometimes takes like three, four hours one way to commute. Um, Because again, uh, traffic, the infrastructure 
is not as developed as here and it just and there's re- agents that complain about a 45 minute yeah. uh, listing yeah. so we, we've got it lucky yeah exactly we've got it really lucky. of course so you know for people that you, you eliminate that time from the commute for them is blessing yeah and especially when the COVID pandemic happened that's where, where we experienced real growth because again we were already set up to work from home and uh, people who were working at the major call centers the call centers got sh- shut down because again because of the pandemic they were, the philippines had really bad uh lockdowns yeah during COVID. oh yeah they lasted like, a really long time and yeah. they were you know really you, strict you think you were oppressed here it you you have no idea. Those were military enforced. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was talking to some of our VAs and mm-hmm. hearing, you know, yeah, we we don't. We've got one day where we go and get groceries, or one person you gotta have a pass from yeah. the household had a pass. So yeah. basically, if you weren't on grocery duty from your f- household, from your family, you were just home forever. Stuck. Like yeah, basically, exactly. you spent a year at home. Exactly. You know, I mean, really, never was there a time where we were. Lockdown. We were never oppressed. Let's we put it never. this way. Yeah we, yeah, we had flexibility to go yeah. basically anywhere we wanted. Yeah. 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 And um, during the COVID thing, that's where basically the lockdowns, we took an opportunity to actually hire more talent because a lot of them got let go from those major call centers. So you went from how many VAs on the team to, to how many during that time? Well, I think like we went from like what we had about 150 to what we have close to 1,000 right now. Yeah. You know, we've grown 454% uh, during that time um, because, again, we were able to scoop up really good talent. You And you were you able know, to yeah. provide a better opportunity, mm-hmm. a better job yeah. for a lot of people. Exactly. And uh, that's where we develop good training st- systems. So we hired trainers who actually, you know, know what they're doing. Uh, we have trainers also uh, in the Philippines and in the United States in the, in our office in Seattle. So the like curriculum- Sarah's in the office. In yeah, exactly. How many, how many people are there? Uh, we have a th- I think like about six, seven people. Yeah. Hit the yeah. thumbs up if you've seen Sarah on the yeah. on the Virtue Desk IG. She's yeah. putting out incredible content for the brand. So hit, hit she's the a marketing up ma- manager. This. She's got about twenty people working for her in the Philippines. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and she has a crew. Every she rolls with a crew every of time. Of she does. On a, yeah. uh, on a uh, Zoom with her. Yeah, she's, she's, she's got, got a crew. She's her. got a crew. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, again, how many people total in Seattle though? Um, I think uh, we just lost a few people. Uh, one, one one person we let go, the other one left. So I think it was total about six, seven, mm-hmm. you know? And because um, we have some salespeople also um, outside of Seattle. You know? now, yeah. do you, do, Virtue Desk has events. Mm-hmm. And do you ever have the some of the VAs come to the event? We're actually planning on doing that. Yeah. Uh, again, haven't done it yet. Haven't done it yet because, again, the visa thing is uh, hard. It's to, hard. It's, it's very hard, hard for them yeah. to get the visa. So, I mean, obviously, we'll sponsor them for the visa, but it all depends on the U.S. government, how they... If you have a VA, yeah. can you... Is there anything you can do to help get make that, you know, get that VA to the event? Of make course. Make that happen? Of course. Yeah. Of course, it's doable. Yeah. We can basically, you know, provide the recommendation... We can guarantee that this person will go back. We can guarantee, you know, where this person will stay. Um, again, but again, it's basically you at the, at the mercy of the U.S. government in Manila if they're willing to issue a visa. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, just like this. I mean, we've, you know, I've gotten to chat with Sarah a bunch mm-hmm. and, and you a little bit virtually, but getting to actually meet in person yeah. is a much 
better experience. It strengthens the relationship. And, you know, that's why everybody's here in, in Dallas. You know, exactly. everybody's, you know, here for that connectivity. Mm-hmm. And I think same thing with, you know, I've, I've had some VAs that have worked for me for five years and I've never met them, you know, and it's, I'd love and to meet them And you haven't taken a trip. Yeah. I, well, next, how about this? Next time you go over, let me tag along. I'll come to Seattle. We'll, we'll go to the uh, Philippines Let's do it. together. Let's do it. We're planning a trip uh, beginning of uh, December. Okay, let's do that. You're Bobby, down? A uh, little content that trip. That That's it. We're, go- we're going to the Philippines. Let's go. We're actually I- chartering a flight from Manila to Bahol, to the islands. A uh, whole crew is going to go there, about 180 people. They're actually the best VA that we picked. Going to go to the stay with us at the resort, three-day oh, wow. resort. So tag along, bro. I would love to. Yeah. Let's do that. We'll I, set it up. I think that'd be so cool. That's a vlog for sure. Oh, yeah. that's a big-time sure. vlog. Big chartering time. plane, dude. Chartering flight. So what? What is, what is one – what's the biggest misconception – about hiring a virtual assistant? People think that's a plug and play model. It's not. Yeah. Uh, also, people think that virtual assistant will get them business. Um, no, you get business, not virtual assistant. It's an assistant from the verb assist. Yes. They're going to help you. They're not going to rain be your rainmaker. You are going to be your own rainmaker. That's right. They can help you. They can assist along the way. But again, they're not going to provide you with the with a business. They're going to take the activities that are not income producing mm-hmm. activities. That's what so, you should so be you focused, could focus income on income producing yeah. and they're going to take the rest of those activities off the plate if if you as the operator are willing to let go and actually give them the opportunity to take those things off your plate because what what happens with a lot of people is mm-hmm. uh, they end up getting an assistant and they don't want to let go of filling in a Literally, these contracts we get from attorneys are, are fi- anybody can fill them yeah. in. The buyers could fill them in yeah. themselves, and they don't want to let that go. Well, I make these contracts better than anybody. I put the e-signature <laughs> in there better than anybody, and it's part of like just a, a little bit of a fear um, I, where of letting go. And, and, and there's agents listening right now. Like, hit the thumbs up button if you've been in the situation where you're like, I know I need to let go that, and for whatever reason, I'm just I'm not loosening the grip on it, right? I think also part of it is a lot of agents, for a lot of agents, being a real estate agent is actually a second career. They come from either corporate world or from nine to five where they used to actually do certain tasks and believing they're getting paid for that. Mm-hmm. So some of them are not really wearing the business owner's hat yeah. mentally. And that's where you know a lot of it comes in because when you hire an assistant, it doesn't matter whether it's a virtual assistant or it's in-house, you basically have to wear the business owner's hat. You know, not the person who's running, who's who's actually doing things. You're, that's right. You know, so that's for a lot of people, it's hard to you know adjust to. Once you do it, that's it's a different story. And I'd argue if you're whether you're a broker, a team leader, a team agent, a solo agent, I don't care which one of those you identify as. Mm-hmm. You should be wearing that business hat that you just described. Exactly. You, I mean, yours. A, you're basically CEO of your own business. CEO yeah. takes executive decisions, makes strategic plans for your company, how the company grows. And the CEO again, is the best salesperson. Exactly. Like you're probably the best salesperson in the company. I don't know. Sarah, would you agree? Sarah's saying yes. <laughs> All right. So probably, yeah. But again, um, I'm not doing sales for my company. You know, yeah. we have a sales team. We have a director of sales uh, and the sales team who are actually working. But you, you, know? are and yeah. you are and you're not. Meaning you're yeah. not making those sales calls. But no. if somebody's going to 
say, hey, I'm, I'm hiring 20 VAs at yeah, one we'll handle, shot. Yeah. You may get on that call with exactly. them. And, and yeah. I'm certain, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Or somebody may yeah. be watching this pod right now mm-hmm. being like, man, I connect with Pavel. His story is unbelievable. Like, that's just convinced me. This conversation's convinced me to go and hire my vir- first virtual assistant, mm-hmm. which you can do with the link down below, by yeah. the way. And it might have been what pushes them over. Right? Yeah, th- that's true. People yeah. are thinking about it. Anybody right now that's in their business that doesn't have an infrastructure is thinking about what that first hire should be. Mm-hmm. And I've always argued it should be someone to take that, you know, transaction coordination off your plate, right? Like, that, well, that's, that's number one. You, I know yeah. you did it with an ISA. Yeah. We, we chatted about it mm-hmm. on, on the webinar with mm-hmm. Tristan. I think it's the, the transaction coordination because there's so much, I would, I would argue that I'd like to see agents stay in lead generation mode a little bit longer, get rid of, if you're an attorney state pushing paperwork to an attorney or, escrow, or yeah. having a, a, you know, a calendar, you know, super organized for all of the dates for the lenders, the mortgage commitment, all of these things That's that can admin work, yeah. that can all be done for you. Those are not income producing activities. Those are important check. And they take a lot of time. Of, you know, they basically really take a lot of time. Those things. Yeah. I mean, in the comments, yeah. is that two, yeah. three, four hours of your day when you have yeah. seven pending deals, when mm-hmm. you have five pending deals, of course it is. And yeah. you're just checking boxes that work can be outsourced so that you can continue to lead generate, maybe up the price point of your lead generation. That's mm-hmm. how we make more money as exactly. an agent, right? Like yeah. if you're selling $500,000 homes, how can I sell $750,000? Or a million you just dollar gave yourself homes, yeah. a raise or a million yeah. dollar home. Yeah. And you could spend your time energy there as opposed to checking the box on a loan commitment. That's correct. That's correct. And I cannot agree more that again, that's one of those misconceptions people think. Again, they think of a VA as a liability instead of an asset. You know, they need to, people need to realize that you, and and that's kind of a fear I see that people have when they hire. It doesn't matter whether they hire a VA or hire in-house. It's like, how am I going to able to afford that? How am I able to carry it on? You know, you're basically thinking that, oh, listen, now I'm going to be, have to work twice as much to actually make the money to, to feed my assistant. No, it doesn't, that's, it's not the way it's going to be. You need to hire up for what's going to be happening to you. You know, how are you going to be growing? You know, and you find out very quickly <coughs> when you decide to go the other way and you hire instead of maybe a VA, you hire a W2 employee and yeah. then said W2 employee in five months decides that they're moving on or maybe it just wasn't the right fit. And then they're, you know, you're going to pay unemployment for the next six months yeah. or by the way, there's benefits or by the way, there's taxes. My VAs are on my Amex card. I'm picking up points. Exactly. And I don't yeah. have the re, you know, the responsibility of being the employer. And there's a lot of state, you know, regulations that oh, you yeah. have to in federal oh, regulations yeah. when you decide to employ people as W2s. I love Oh, that's that's the best feeling in the world, paying payroll on the mm-hmm. Amex oh, and yeah. getting the points. Exactly. Yeah, you get you getting the points, you get a tax write-off. That's right. You know, you get a tax write-off on this and uh Absolutely, because if you you know hire on somebody in W two, people don't realize they think oh I can hire for somebody for W two. But do you realize is also like let's say you're gonna pay twenty bucks an hour, okay? You, not not many not many agents realize that they still have to pay the payroll tax on top of that. Yep. 
So that comes up already like to close to 25, health 30 insurance. bucks. Health insurance, you know, 401k, you have to do matching, you know, um, lot of type, lots of type of benefits. And again, if this, this person doesn't work out, you let up this person go, you're on a hook for unemployment. Yes. So it, it is, uh, I mean, listen, everything's a risk. Yeah. And, and I would argue your risk is a lot less when you're looking at scaling with a VA. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can hire more, you can hire quickly. What, and the interview process, I mean, you guys have, Sarah, how many people are in the interview process? Like how many people are helping coach the, you know, if, if you're an agent and you're gonna hire mm -hmm. a VA, you guys have a whole staff of people yeah, coaching them up. Yeah, we do have a staff. We, they, basically, the way it works, the uh, client interview, let's say you sign up, you're going to be scheduled to speak with the, with the VA. There's going to be an account manager present. There will also be a placement officer pre present who, who will recommend, give you a recommendation. Okay, say, Byron, Byron, this is your business, and looks like this person will be a good fit for you. So why don't you talk to this person? Because they know who they are. Uh, because they went through training those people, you know, they, they know more intimately those people. So they have a better idea who to recommend mm -hmm. yeah. because sometimes you just get overwhelmed. You Their know? strengths, yeah. it might, cause the recommendation is really based off of your business needs. So mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, here's, here's the five candidates and these two here kind of match up what you're looking for based off of their experience, yeah. based off of the training they've received and based off of my interactions with them. The other thing I like about it is, you know, if you haven't really ever hired anybody, mm -hmm. Virtual Desk will just help you with what questions to ask as well. Oh, yeah. Like the whole yeah. interview process. And I'm, I'm actually going to be doing a video here in a little bit on the BAM channel where I'm going to share all of the interview questions that I ask and the mm -hmm. whole way that I do it. But if you've never done it before, your staff helps that process, helps the whole thing. So all you literally have to do is show up and figure out who you're hiring yeah we i mean we make it as seamless process as possible for you know for the agent to to hire an assistant you know um because again if you let's say you can go hire somebody d d d directly which is perfectly fine uh the thing is when you hire directly you you're going to be bombarded with different resumes you have no idea who these people are yeah. they're, they're not vetted uh, you have to do the vetting yourself good luck doing it in the philippines uh, because again, you don't, it's hard to verify references. You've got to figure out how to do that payroll. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing out. you guys have figured that yeah. out. It's like yeah. swipe the card. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Again. And, um, you know, you, yeah, we, we do also background check with those people who we hire because we don't just pick them off the street. We want to yeah. make sure those people are vetted. They're not going to be, you know, stealing your information. Right. They're not going to be mooching you for money. Yeah. They're not going to be basically, you know, they're going to be good people that we hire. Yeah, if you have any of those you know, fears, yeah. which I never did coming in, uh, but if you did have those fears, like, you know, I guess some people probably do, you don't have to worry about that. And, you don't have to worry. Yeah. And we have a cyber insurance, obviously, you know, uh, we're a U.S. company, so um, God forbid anything happens, obviously we have insurance to cover yep. the loss, so we're good there. Never had to use it. And you got to be a, yeah. uh, just a smart business <coughs> operator. You wouldn't hire, you know, nobody would hire somebody in the States and then you know, give that person access to a hundred percent of your bank accounts, right? Like of even, course. even, yeah. even my, uh, my operator, she's got access to the accounts, but my CPA has certain, like it balances each other out, right? Oh, like yeah. He's got certain access that she doesn't have and she have has the certain same access thing. that he doesn't yeah. have. And I obviously have the full access, right? So I'm like, that's the, what I have the, the same thing. Link. Yeah. Yeah. With my bookkeeper. Yeah. Yeah. 
she only has certain access to what she she can do. She doesn't. She needs to know enough to do the books. Yeah, and she doesn't want full access. Anyways, no, right. No, she she no. just wants what she's got to yeah. do to get get her job done. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So what's next for Virtue Desk? You guys have had all this, you know success scaling up getting well, extremely good talent what's the next big step well the, it's probably kind of been going on in the works we've developed some of the technology as well for uh for vas like uh, timely software that you know you can you can track your VA status when they log in log out when they you know go on idle I mean, there's a lot of call centers that do that yeah different companies that yeah. do that so we've developed our own uh, thing in-house um, also, we've developed. Is that a big concern for folks? It is because again, it's it's more of like a time tracker. Yeah. A time tracker when a VA logs in, lo logs out, we're able to automate the billing. We also, uh, you can see the screenshots of your VA what this person is doing. Same as we can see the screenshots. If there's any concern ever arises, we can just log in quickly and see what's going on, what was happening. Uh, if somebody says, "Oh, you, my VA wasn't working during this time," I said, "Okay, let's take a look." So we can see, yeah. Wow, I must be a very uh, trusting. I've never <laughs> had any, but you know what? I'm an active participant in yeah. the business. Yeah. So when you're in it, this would be advice I would give anybody who's considering hiring a VA. Be an active participant and you won't be worried about is this person working or not. Yeah. If you're actively participating in the process, you'll you got, know. You will know, exactly, yeah. But again, not many agents are. So again, yeah. we have to provide that thing for them to uh, extra accountability. You know. So you're offering the tech so that yeah. they have that layer of uh, comfort and accountability. You know, they, they can track yeah. it and, and, yeah. and really feel good about accountability. Uh -huh. uh, what else is, is Well, we out? also we have developed a VoIP dialer so, um, for the clients that use VirtuDesk. Uh, you know, and you know, since VA is in the Philippines, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes they don't have Ring Central or Skype, or they don't want to get up Skype. We just provide them complimentary our own VoIP dialer, based off of which we right now actually transition it to a virtual call center. So right now, companies, not real estate companies, come and hire us for a call center capability, to like answering service or to handle a customer service. You know, this, we're doing that. And I can vouch for the process being seamless. <laughs> yeah. So um, one of our VAs called me the other day and uh, my phone number, we had, we had dirty data uh -huh. in the CRM. So my phone number was on some other name. Do not the, call list. <laughs> no, it, no, it was, it was on like somebody else's name. Like my phone number was just yeah, on yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Like, I, and it, was, it was like a female's name or something too. So anyways, <laughs> um, VA calls me local number, uh -huh. crystal clear. Yeah crystal clear communication. It actually made me feel good. I'm like, wow, this is, this is a great experience. Yeah. This call. And you know, cause some people are worried about that, like maybe being a, some weird number coming in or sounding weird or something. No, no it, it's, it was, it's going to be perfect. like a landline. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, it was local, yeah. you know, it comes cause yeah. especially if you were doing your, um, you know, CRM the right way, of course you, you yeah. should, should have a, a yeah. local number. Yeah. Yeah. So that's basically in the works right now, and we're again getting into other industries, not only real estate. Mm, what's uh, the next industry? Well, we getting into the healthcare right now. Okay, so totally. Yeah. I was I was thinking yeah. you're going to go mortgage, but you you're going no totally healthcare. Yeah, yeah. How's how's that? Well, we we're starting to tap into that right now. Mm -hmm. So maybe next time I'll report to you how it's going. <laughs> <laughs> for uh, yeah. for like a an office, a private office, or no, 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 healthcare for the uh, for the doctors for the telehealth. Telehealth is a big thing you, yeah. right now. Like Amazon's yeah. hiring a whole bunch of yeah. remote mm -hmm. nurses. Yeah, and yeah. Philippines are known for good nurses. Okay, if you know, yeah. So, okay, wow. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's so we're where, trying that's to get where, there. Because there was a lot of time. I mean, how often have you gone to the doctor where you're like, I already know what I need, but now I got to go schedule this appointment and to be able to do that online. Yeah. You know, for those things that you just know, like what it is, and I know it's a sinus infection, right? Yeah. And, and again, I know it's COVID or something. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But, but again, I mean, a lot of people just don't, don't want to go, don't want to drive to the doctor's office, don't want to schedule an appointment. They just go to help the telehealth, make an appointment online, see the doctor or see the nurse mm-hmm. on, uh, yeah, like a Zoom or whatever they have, the type of app. So we dabbing into that. So I'll keep that quiet for now, but. Next time I'll let you know how, how how it goes. Any mortgage professionals? We have clients who are actually uh, you know higher VEs uh, from the mortgage industry. Yeah. Yeah. I would mortgage think so. insurance. Yeah. Yeah, I would think that's a yeah. good. Yeah, lawyers, good lawyers also. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you've got the law degree, so you well, you can. They don't hire. They're not hiring me, but you know. you're you're the uh, the best lawyer I've ever met, Pavel. <laughs> yeah, I like your style, entrepreneur. Not often yeah. can I say that oh about, about yeah. an attorney. All right, let's ra- let's wrap this thing up. What's the what's a big takeaway you want every agent listening to have uh, as it relates to a virtual assistant? What would be the one thing they should walk away from this pod with today? Virtual assistant is a real person with real feelings, with uh, real emotions. Yeah, I love you said that. And uh, it's not a robot. It's not yeah. a robot. Treat this person as a human being. Treat respectively, and um, you'll get the benefits of that. Yeah. That is a beautiful way to end yeah. it. I couldn't agree with you more. Treat them just like the agent Person. or yeah. the employee that's yeah. in the office with you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate you, man. Yeah. This is a good pod. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. Check out Virtue Desk in the link.